Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. And the disciples came and they said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them in verse 11, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah chapter six, verse nine and ten is fulfilled, which says hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and do not see it, and to hear what you hear And do not hear it. Stop right there. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Point number two, the purpose of the parables. There is a twofold purpose in Jesus speaking in parables. Number one, Jesus spoke in parables to reveal. Jesus spoke in parables to reveal, to draw out those who wanted to know the meaning and reveal it to them. Jesus spoke in parables to those who were seriously seeking to understand what he had to say. And those who weren't, he spoke in parables to conceal point number two. They weren't trying to hear what Jesus had to say. They didn't know what he, they didn't care what he wanted to say. They didn't care who he was. They didn't care about the fact that he was the Messiah and he had things to share with them that were going to change their lives. They just wanted to argue. And for those who wanted to argue, Jesus spoke in parables to conceal. It's almost like people who come to you and say, you know, well, can God make a rock so big he can't pick it up? Uh, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to conceal the answer because that's stupid. <laughs> or did Adam have a navel? It's like, well, who cares? You see, people, when they ask you questions like that, they're not trying to really know about God. They're trying to argue with you. You see, and Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that. And so he spoke in parables to, to reveal and to conceal. 
You see, they would hear with their ears, but they were not hearing with their hearts. You know, it's like Elvira and I would have times of, let's call it loud fellowship. Okay. She, no, Johnny, we're not arguing. We're having loud fellowship. Elvira and I would have times of loud fellowship. And she would say to me all the time, she goes, you know what? She goes, you're listening, but you're not hearing. And I'd go, I am hearing too much. You see, that's what Jesus is saying here. You see, they rejected Jesus because they they, they didn't want to know. And they couldn't understand because they weren't filled with the Spirit of God. They couldn't receive what he had to say. Yesterday I was here at church about four or five o'clock and a lady, a sister called and she was talking to me about some things in the family. And when she was asking me about, um, you know, uh, 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 someone, you know, sharing the gospel with another and they don't, the, the other person doesn't seem to get it. They just don't seem to understand. And I began to share with her from first Corinthians that says that the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Do you know that if you are not a believer, you cannot understand the things of God. It is impossible for you to understand spiritual things when you're not filled with the teacher, the Holy Spirit to teach you these things. It's impossible. I don't care how long you go to cemetery. I mean, seminary. I don't care how long you study the Bible. If you don't have the spirit of God, it is impossible for you to understand the things of God because you don't have ears to hear because the spirit of God is not living within you to teach you all things. And so Jesus spoke to them in mysteries In mysteries. Yeah. Understand something hugely important to understand mystery in the Bible. A mystery in biblical terminology, understand, is something that was hidden in the past, but is now uncovered. A mystery in the Bible is something that was hidden in the past, but is now uncovered. Something that wasn't known in the past, but now is made known. Now, I tell you that because there's a whole bunch of folks telling you that they're speaking the mysteries of God. That they're a prophet of God and God has told them some mystery and you guys don't know it. And, and if you don't get the understanding and the deep theological meaning from God from me, then you don't understand it. And I'll tell you what God has to say because God speaks to me, the prophet, in mysteries. That's what they tell you. That's not in the Bible. The Bible says a mystery is something that was hidden in the Old Testament, but is now revealed in the New Testament. So the church was hidden in the Old Testament, but now the church is revealed in the New Testament. If you understand that, say amen, because that's important, because there's some craziness going on in the church today. A mystery is something that was hidden, but is now revealed. It it was something that was concealed in the Old Testament, but is now revealed in the New Testament. So the parable, this parable is a mystery to those who refuse to see it and to prove it. Jesus quotes Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. He points back to Isaiah and says, see, I told you it would happen. And it's happening right now, right before your very eyes. 
right here. That's why he quotes Isaiah. Now, when Jesus gives a parable, he won't leave you guessing what it means. Jesus will tell you exactly what it means. Look at verse 18 in Matthew 13. If you're there, say amen. Therefore, Jesus says, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word, now here Jesus is going to explain, clearly explain to us exactly what the parable means. When anyone hears the word in verse 19, they hear the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one, the devil, Beelzebub, the accuser of the brethren, Satan, snatches it away. He comes and he snatches away what was sown in your heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. In your Bibles, you could write verse 4. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he in verse 20, who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a little while. For when tribulation... And persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. You could write verse 5 right there. That's what it means. Now he in verse 22, who received the seed among the thorns, is he who hears the word, and get this, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. You could write, Verse 7, right next to that verse. And then, but he who received the word where, saints, on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. You could write verse 8 right next to that verse. The explanation of the parable Our last and final point. Notice Jesus uses the different kinds of soil to represent the heart. The seed that fell on the wayside is the hard heart. In verse 18, when the gospel is being preached, as it is right now, the seed is being broadcasted. And for some in this very room, that seed is falling On hard hearts, the wayside. And when it falls on the wayside, the Bible says as Satan comes, the wicked one like the birds of the air in the parable that we read, and he snatches away the message that was sown in your hearts. That's what Satan does. Satan seeks to steal what God has sown in your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Whose mind the gods of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine upon them. Satan seeks to steal what God is seeking to put into your heart. When you come to church, did you know that Satan comes to church? You're like, ooh, that's a revelation, Rodney. Satan comes to church. It sounds like a movie or a book, doesn't it? Satan goes to church, you know? 
Satan goes to church. Satan comes to church. And let me tell you something. He doesn't mind if you go to church. He will, if you decide to go to church, he doesn't mind that. What he will do, though, is seek to, and what he will mind is if you pay attention while you're in church. Then he'll seek to distract you. Then he'll seek to draw you away. You see, the devil will do anything to keep you distracted, either from church, and then if you go to church, that's okay, just don't pay attention to the word. And Satan will seek to subtly seduce you and cause you not to hear and take heed to the word of God. And I've learned over the years as a pastor that he does that in so many different ways. You know, people come to church on Sunday morning. They leave church and they think, you know, oh, man, you know, I ain't get anything out of that. That must have been something wrong with the sower. Uh, That would be me, y'all, the pastor. When they leave church, they go, oh, man, there must be something wrong with the sower. I mean, I didn't get anything out of that, you know. Now, don't misunderstand me. I, I do realize that there are times and there are some preachers who are boring. I, I mean, there, I said it. Okay, yeah. I, sometimes, I honestly, I've got to be honest with you, I come, to, I come to church, preach a sermon, leave church, and I think to myself, that was the most boring sermon I ever preached in my life. I put myself to sleep. I was so boring, you know? And then worse yet, I look over at my wife, and she's asleep. And she's like... And I'm like, oh, man, I mean, sometimes that does happen. But, but, you know, oftentimes when you come to church, see, it is very difficult for the sowers, the preachers and the pastors to fight against the current culture. What we have in the current culture is a culture of people who have, we are technologically advanced. We as sowers and pastors are fighting against technology and graphics. I was telling a brother this one yesterday. Sunday morning, we're fighting against Saturday night. I mean, some of you guys got these serious surround sound Sony systems in your house. You know it. And when you, you watch a movie on Saturday night and you watch one of those blow up movies where they blow everything up and it's like boom, 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 boom. You know, it's like, oh, you know. And you're watching, you ever see that commercial with a guy? You've seen it when a guy's sitting in a chair, and I don't know if it's Panasonic or Sony or whatever it is, but the guy's sitting in a chair, and his sound system is so loud, his tie is blowing back, his jacket, his hair, and he's like, <laughs> you've seen that commercial. And, you, and, so, and some of your sound systems are just like that. And so on Saturday night now, you're sitting there, you're watching this DVD, you're blown away, you got sound and viral stuff and all this stuff all night long in your mind. And ah, you know, and then you come to church on Sunday morning, and, and I get up here, and, 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 and it sounds like to you, open your Bibles, turn with me, and you're like, And of course you come to Calvary Chapel now. Now I'm not one of those preachers. Don't misunderstand me. I got nothing against this. But I'm not one of those preachers like running around, you know, and hooping. 
And y'all know what hooping means. Hooping is, for, okay, for those of you who don't know, hooping is when the preacher's going, and the Lord uh, said, uh, and you uh, better get saved. Uh, oh, God is good. Uh, oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Come on now. Come on now. Hey, hey, hey. See, I ain't doing all that. So now you, <laughs> so you, <laughs> so you come to church on Sunday morning, and it sounds like, oh, man. See, we're fighting against Saturday night. I don't have any problem with that. That's just not Pastor Rodney. Amen, saints? And that's competition. That's why I encourage you, you got to come to church with a receptive heart and a guarded heart. When you come to church, you got to come ready to hear and receive what God has to say to you. That's why if you invite me to your party on Saturday night, don't take it personal, but I don't come. Because it's not that I don't want to be with you, but Saturday night, I can't handle all the technology and the graphics, the pyrogenics and stuff, whatever it is that you, I can't handle all that. Saturday and Sunday morning, I got to be ready. And that's why when I get in here and Pastor Rodney get on the front row, I don't need Steve Leslie or nobody else to encourage me to worship God. I choose to worship God. And when I get down that aisle, I'm ready to worship God. I don't need you to encourage me to worship God or to hear from God or anything else from God. Because I came in this morning with a guarded heart and a receptive heart. I want God to speak to me. And I don't care what or who ain't worshiping God. Rodney's going to worship the Lord. I don't need all the hype. I don't. And the Lord ha, said, ha, hey, hey, hey. I don't need all that. And you understand what I'm saying? Say amen. amen. Don't need it. Because I come in and I'm ready. It ain't got nothing to do with the sower. If you leave church any given day, any church around the country, if you don't get what God had to give to you, don't blame it on the sower. Don't blame it on the pastor. That's you. Turn the DVDs off on Saturday. Look, watch your DVD a little earlier. Turn that thing off about 9 o'clock-ish, you know, and, and start getting your heart ready to go receive, get from the word. i got to move on. You understand? That's for you. You got to do that. Nobody can do that for you. And so pastors or sowers, they fight against that. And then you come in, you got a hard heart. And can I tell you something? You come to church too often with a hard heart and that seed is bouncing, bouncing, bing, coming, ping, ping. You, that keeps happening long enough. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to find yourself so far from God, you don't even know how you got there. That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. If you are ignorant, you choose to be. But we are not ignorant. The Bible is very, very clear about the attacks of the enemy. And if we would just do a show due diligence just a little bit to get our hearts ready, you'll watch your, your Christian life go shh. And you'll just be soaring as a Christian. So the seed falls on the wayside. 
And I got to move on. And the second point, notice in verse 20, the, the shallow heart. Notice Jesus talks about the shallow, or you might want to call it impulsive heart. These are people who have just an emotional response to the word of God. But when the trials come, when the testings come, when your friends don't like you anymore because you don't hang out with them, or now you're a Jesus freak because you got saved, the trials come, the testings come, then you shun away from the word of God and you turn away from God's word. You receive the word of God. It's like when people come down and get saved. Just because you walk down an aisle to get saved does not mean you really got saved. There's a lot of people who come running down that aisle out of emotion. Tears and, and snot and tissues and everything. They just, oh, 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 Jesus, oh. you know you cry when you can't speak. Jesus, oh, good. Oh, he's good, man, good. You see him about a week later. Where you been, man? How you doing? Well, you know, I'm backslidden. Wait a minute. And, oh, did he lose his salvation, Pastor Rodney? May I submit? Maybe he never had it. This is what Jesus is talking about, the emotional receiver of the word. You see? That's why when celebrities get saved, a whole nother sermon. You got, don't get them all up top on the pulpit, getting them testifying and sharing and everything. I'm happy they got saved. Don't misunderstand me. But too often, soon they get saved because, you know, they, you know, because they're a celebrity. Oh, let's get them all up on the stage preaching the gospel and ordain them and all that stuff. That's not good because you don't know if they're just an emotional hearer or an impulsive receiver. You don't know. You got to give them time. Lay hands on no man suddenly. Third point. Let's call this the crowded or preoccupied heart. Verse 22. Notice the seed goes out, hits the soil, starts to spring up, but it's choked out by the cares of this world. You know, you got you to gotta feed your family. You got to put shoes on, the, on their feet and clothes on their backs. And you got to provide as husbands and as fathers. But don't let the cares of this world choke the word out. Amen, saints. Don't let that happen. I've seen people so busy with their career that the word of God gets second place and then later it gets choked out. And notice the deceitfulness of riches. That's money. Don't let money become the priority. The love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. There's nothing wrong with money, but don't let it become a priority in your life. And then if you're taking notes, Luke chapter 8 verse 14 tells us that the weeds represent the pleasures of this life. Not only the cares of the world, the the deceitfulness of riches, but the pleasures of this life all choke out the word of God. But then notice in verse 23, the fruitful heart. Notice that they hear the word, they understand the word, and they receive the word of God in good ground and their lives bear fruit some hundred, sixty, thirty fold. In other words, listen, there are different degrees of fruitfulness in the life of the believer. Some are very committed and they bear a hundredfold, and some as they're growing, thirty and sixty. But it is wrong, a whole nother sermon, we don't have time. It is wrong to apply this verse to your financial situation. If you give to God, if you tithe, then God is going to bless you a hundred or thirty or sixty fold. That's wrong. And that is out completely out of context. God will bless you. God will always take care of his kids. Amen, saints. He's never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. 
But don't start taking verses like this and misapplying them. He's not talking about money at all. He's talking about fruitfulness. He's talking about the heart of the believer. He's talking about the person who in obedience and commitment will stay with the Lord and they'll bear forth fruit, more fruit, much fruit. 160, 30 fold. Important for you to understand. Got to close. Two things you can take from this. Number one. You need to be sowing seeds. I don't care if you're 8 or 80. Show the Lord that you love him, you love his word, you believe in it, and sow some seeds. Take the bag of seed of the word of God that is living and powerful and get to sowing. Number two, notice this. When you are sowing, understand that not everyone responds in the same way. Did you notice something here in our text? Only one in four bore fruit. Jesus himself sowed seeds and only one in four fell on good ground. Everyone you share the gospel with, they're not going to become a Christian. Everybody's not. But it doesn't negate our responsibility to sow the seed of the word of God. To be a broadcaster. God, I'm just sharing the word. God, I'm just sharing the word. And wherever you, by the Holy Spirit, takes that seed and lands it in that heart and brings forth the rain and shines the light of the word of God on it to bring forth fruit, God, the results are up to you, not me. My job is to sow the seed. Question? How's your soil? How's your heart? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.